listen to subscribe to the table of truth on itunes spotify stitcher and google podcasts welcome everybody to blurred lines this is your man cam with me as always is the admiral himself it is i josh (laughs) (laughs) as well as this is D, the professor. And guess what? In a parallel universe, I made a choice. I turned left. And in that universe, D'Angelo Williams is a military scientist. And you should be afraid. Very afraid. <laughs> this is what happens when I don't say, the, you know, I don't refer to myself as a professor. Like he gets he gets room and, and then runs. I'm telling you, man, he's a, he's, he gets inches closer and closer to a supervillain. <laughs> closer and closer? You don't think he's already there? <laughs> oh, man. It's the beginning. It's, 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 uh, it's year two, like our boy, the Batman. It's called professionalism there, boys. Yeah. Professionalism. <laughs> Threw himself an alley oop off the backboard. Yep. Oh, yeah. Well, and dunked it right down. <laughs> you know? So uh, we're here talking about the Batman. You know, it's been dun, out like dun, it, dun, dun, dun. what is it? Like uh three three weeks now, I think it is. Something oh, like that. Uh, it came out on a second, yeah, about three weeks. Yeah, so it just crossed over the three hundred million uh threshold uh previously <laughs> set with by uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. And um, I really, really, really enjoyed it. I was three hours. I went through it. I was like, oh, this is super fun. I was laughing. It was a cool detective, like, story. You get year two Batman, so he's not the smartest yet. He's still messing up. He's, like, fighting thugs and still getting hit by thugs, which I was like, oh, snaps. Like, he's not even, like, dope yet. And so I actually encourage, I like that part of it. Um but yeah, it, I, I I thoroughly enjoyed the Batman. It was really really fun. Like I, yeah. I was I I didn't expect to enjoy it that much. Mm. Yeah, that, I don't think the three hours were even noticeable. Honestly, yeah. didn't look down on my watch once, mm. uh, and uh, everything from top to bottom was pretty solid. You know, it, it everything about it, the cinematography, the cinematography choices, the color palette. Uh, which I'm sure you can speak more to to more than I can, Cam. But um, you know, like I said, the color palette, the the action sequences, um, just all the choices they made. That at least as far as I saw, all the choices they made made sense and worked for the world that they built in very short order. So it's not even like they spent a ton of time you know, an exposition mode on some. So this is Bruce Wayne and he lives in Wayne Manor and he left that Wayne Manor's on the outskirts of, you know, Gotham City. Then this is Gotham City and this is the scourge of Gotham City. These are the bad guys. Batman's going to beat them up. None of that crap. It didn't go through any of that stuff. It, It assumed that you knew everything about the world already and dumped you right in it, gave you little bits of familiarity here and there. Like, all right, if you don't know this black guy, he's 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 Jim Gordon. He's he's black now. It's it's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and, and and Batman walks onto a crime scene and everything's fine. And you know, just, he then immediately dives right into an investigation. And yeah, they drop you right into the middle of that world. And yeah, and man, you don't really and, even need to worry about that world. Nope. Yeah, it worked. Uh, it worked really well. And that that was what was good about it. You didn't need to have an origin story to as much as to just to drop you. And I thought that that was good because a lot of these superhero vehicles open up with the hero just randomly doing away with some kind of villain or bad guy. And then they move forward. And sometimes that person late more recently to their credit, a lot of, um, uh, filmmakers have been using everything, so it's not just oh, random bad guy at the beginning. Introduce character uh, superhero, and and then we get into the story. But this one mm. was definitely just like okay, um, Batman is a detective. The criminals fear him, um, and it was it's it's it grounded. And I didn't even know if this was possible. It grounded that relationship between the criminal and Batman even more than Nolan's film did. Like it I thought Nolan's film had grounded Batman, but uh Matt Reeves took it to a whole he brought him all the way down to the ground. Like 
to a deconstruction mode. And yeah. so th- that was refreshing and also made you it, it kind of because you see Batman realizing certain aspects of who he is and why he's in and, and the fact that he is a walking paradox. Right. So um, that I thought was a great thing that they develop small and then they keep building it to the very end in the resolution. Yeah. And I like that. The, even when they did, um, you know, the criminals fear him, the cops don't like him. And then when he shows up at a crime scene and there, and everyone groans, like every person there is like, you know, giving them Jordan the business. Why is he here? Da, 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 blah, blah, blah. And then when the police chief comes in and, you know, starts to mouth off and check Gordon, you kind of get established like, okay, Jordan trusts the, the Batman, but no one else trusts Gordon that, that he has, you know, that the Batman's there for a positive way. And I like that they kind of showed that, okay, this is scrappy Gordon, still a detective, not necessarily mm-hmm. commissioner. He's still trying, he's still, still a good, solid guy in a very corrupt kind of world. He's trying yeah. to figure that out. And he realizes the Batman's doing some good stuff. And so he can kind of be a counterbalance. So I like that they established that early and they kept that through the whole film where like, you know, Gordon was almost a better Robin through, through this one than I've seen in other, other movies. In other oh movies. yeah. A hundred percent. He was a great cap relationship between the two of them. Like, yeah. you, and, but it was just uh, credit to Matt Reeves. It was just enough Gordon to not get you feeling like, yo, why is he in this so much? Yeah. It was just enough. Yeah. We didn't visit his house or see his kids and things like that. And there'll be time for to do that in future future films when the stakes are are higher. But Mm -hmm. here we have a situation where the Riddler's already killing. He's been killing since before the camera came on. Uh, it actually kills when the camera comes on. And then, you know, he he's out there doing his thing and Batman's on his hot on his tail. And I think that that worked well because it cuts through this sort of rehashing or us having us go through these steps of pretending like we don't know who Bruce Wayne is, pretending like we don't know his his origin story. We didn't get a scene where Thomas and Martha Wayne are shot outside the opera house again. Thank like, God. We've, we've, exactly, because we've how many times have we seen that? And like, it's it, so just like Homecoming, Spider-Man Homecoming, I thought this film took the best of the aspects of, okay, early days, not origin, early mm-hmm. days of where they right. were and how yeah. they will become yeah. legendary mythic hero that everybody knows. But here's the early days. Here's when they're struggling to accept these things or as for Spider-Man, but or deal with it in terms of Batman, his mental stability. Yeah. And I like that even with um, the, the touches with Alfred, where Alfred was like helping him solve the puzzles. And, you know, and this is a complex puzzle. And Alfred's sitting there like, OK, maybe this could work. Maybe this could work. Blah, 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 blah. Or yeah. or or the line where Ralph talks about why well, I taught you how to fight and yada, yada, yada. So you had these little things where like little small touches that further develop the world around Bruce. So now, right. you know, he's still he's still, you know, he's a whiny, uh, rich white boy that's mad about his, his parents dying. And he doesn't know what he's going to do about it. Um but when he gets into the Batman thing situation, he gets to kind of flip that switch and still be something else. And I actually liked that, that we didn't get to see, we're not seeing Playboy with Bruce Wayne. We're seeing like him figuring out like, oh crap, I still need to play Bruce Wayne. Yeah, and right now he wasn't doing that this in, in this movie. Yeah. He was just He's Batman, Batman without the mask on. And it is an interesting point in which, you know, the Riddler kind of calls him out on that. It's like, no, 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 you're, you're this is you like when he's in, right. in the Batman? It's like you're wearing the mask. Is is Bruce Wayne? And I think mm-hmm. that was great because it, it shows the the um, synergy and the symbiotic relationship that's inevitable between the 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 criminal and the cop or the hero villain or the uh protagonist antagonist their relationship becomes symbiotically linked in that in that now batman bruce wayne is now has that idea in his head that yeah it's true bruce wayne is my mask but if i don't wear him like bruce wayne then this will happen again where yeah. someone will 
put the pieces together and it won't take long. It won't take long. Yeah. It didn't take anything at all, right? Yeah, yeah right. it just needs an intelligent mind and a, and one that will that thinks um, somewhat adversely like his, but just in a more because uh, Batman is, away, exactly Batman is a psychopath, but so, he's 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 a tra- traumatized psychopath, um, but he's a psychopath. Like there's nothing there's nothing past that. Uh, the trauma left him uh, psychologically scarred. Yeah, and I think the, uh, you know, with Riddler, um, Paul Dano did a crazy great job of playing yeah. the crazy, crazy white guy. But I loved how they made Riddler in the now. So he used social media. He used his yeah. yeah, cams. Mm-hmm. He was doing all these types of things that he was using the gadgets of today. And even with He was different off. with his followers than, what, than the way he put the Riddler out. Yep. Like, he, right. Exactly. He, Talking to his followers, he's like, you know, hey guys, it's yep. not the same. Yep. It's not that yeah. same figure. So it, exactly. it has commentary on the cult of personality versus, you know, the real per the behind the mask. So yep. and you didn't no one stated this stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like no one said these things. And I like that when um, you know. Uh, to round out the other, you know, rogues gallery, like Colin Farrell as freaking penguin, fucking oh, just murdered under that shit. Yo, under he was, un- he was underused, but every time he was there, he was always made his presence known, and he was funny. He like worked like he just <laughs> like he would just yep. It was just the the uh, what was it when he uh, corrected their their Espanol? Oh yeah, <laughs> and he was like making fun of him for it, and I was just like, yo, this is so good. So I, but it was funny because I was like, why did he call it? I was like, why did he say a pigeon? Ain't that like, I mean, like, why are they not saying flying rat? Like, mm-hmm. isn't that, but like, okay, maybe that's going to come later. Yep. But it did, and it was fun. It was yep, a fun Exactly. Game. And I like that they did pieces like that where, you know, uh, everyone that was in the movie had a, had a role to play to push the narrative along, but also was fleshed out enough that you can see, like, you know, Penguin was the right-hand man trying to, you know, trying to figure out, muscle his way into getting some more, or, yeah. you know, and then, you know, Riddler had his, his overall plan and that kind of stuff. And yeah. um, now getting to my, my boo thing. Hold on, before you do that, because <laughs> that's a special one, I know. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I just want to point out that early on when Matt Reeves was announcing that he was going to include all of these these members of Batman's Rose Gallery. There was a lot of, I don't know about that. Isn't there too many villains in one movie? Mm -hmm. And I think what Matt Reeves showed is that we were thinking about it way, not the right way he was thinking about it. He was thinking about it in terms of this is a world. So you're going to land in it. You're going to land in it and things are already happening. Like exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. These people aren't just going to show up for the occasion like they're already there. And so, mm-hmm. you know, the to the point about we needed more Penguin, I actually thought that I agree with you. I wanted more, but I was glad that he held back because I, oh, yeah, I was. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yes. the next iteration of Penguin is going to be that much better because mm-hmm. now we know where he left off and where he leaves off in the world. We know where that's going. Yeah. And, and so, you're right. And I like how they, like you said, it, it just showed that they all exist in the same world at the same time, exactly. whether they get, whether they get shine and stuff. And like, we're, this is three weeks out. So we can talk about, it, but like, even with the, uh, the Joker slight cameo at the end, I actually, at first I was kind of like, eh, but then when, as I was thinking about it, I'm like, yeah, actually this would make perfect sense. Well, if, yeah. if there's a, if there's a penguin, if there's a Riddler, there's going to be a Joker. He's probably yeah. going to be in Arkham Asylum because Batman's probably caught, caught him already. So them yeah. having a conversation makes perfect sense. And it didn't make right. me and, feel like, again, Oh, the, the Joker is going to be the next bad guy. No, I was just, mm-hmm. he just happened to be in this world. He just as well. happens to be in this world. So you don't know if he's going to be the next bad guy or not, because We've seen that all of these individuals already occupy the space and they're interacting with Batman in different ways. Now, they can any of them at any time can emerge as the central or main antagonist. As we start to learn, you know, Carmine Falcone was more was was a bigger antagonist than he initially appeared in the story. And but at any time they can be that way. And I like that, even with. To turn to segue into your boot to your boot thing, uh, even with her, 
there's moments where she antagonizes Batman, and we know that that is the relationship between Catwoman and Batman. That they they are not partners in that traditional way. They are they are antithesis of one another. As cat to the rat or the bat, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? The cat, yep, the cat, the bat. Well, and I like that they they established that earlier on because like they have clear, they clearly have go they they have they might have similar goals, but they go about it different ways. Yes, and then also. You know, then when the goals start to diverge, Batman's like, cool, well, I'm doing what I'm always doing. You are saying or you're not saying. All right, cool. And then that's it. <laughs> it's like, yeah. And I like that they, like, they kept that out. I would like to confer a recommendation to, to, to young Cameron Moore here, uh, who did not react at all when we first <laughs> mentioned Joey Kravitz. <laughs> doing good. Credit, doing good. Work credit is due. It was, that was a good poker face. Mm-hmm. He, he did. He did. I tried to drink. I tried to my track record. I'm gonna take a drink. What I say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Ooh, yeah, it's, it's called maturity, fellas. It's called maturity. <laughs> I, I, I tried to break you, man. I, I did. I did. Yeah. And I do respect that you that you pushed it. I threw it out there, and you didn't take it. You threw it man, right. Yeah. Wow. Man. I'm okay. telling you, people, professional. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but uh yeah, yeah i think to round out the supporting cast like yeah she did actually did a, i was impressed actually it was like she it was a the thing i liked about it the most i would say was the fight scenes because she's like five foot nothing but they didn't they didn't try to take have her take out a 400 pound man or like right, some right. crazy it, it was like oh you're quick and nimble so you would do quick and nimble things in terms of yeah. like choreography so it was more believable and it wasn't anything kind of crazy, you know. So um, I think dialogue wise was like pretty decent. There's some cheesy stuff in there overall, but yeah. like in general, it, it worked and it was like kind of fun. It was um, a great script. I, I really liked the the way that the script was put together, especially in it being a detective story. And and yeah, like you said, the dialogue worked. And Zoe definitely did her thing as Catwoman. Like she came to play. You could see that she and she wanted to be Selena Kyle and she was invested yep. as invested as all the other actors were in their role. And that's why everything worked. Robert yeah. Pattinson, Robert Robert Pattinson, whatever people thought about him playing Batman, mm-hmm. Bruce Wayne, he killed it in the very first moment. And yep. Yep. And anybody that didn't think that that's a good adaptation or interpretation of Bruce Wayne Batman has never truly read a Batman comic. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> no, that's I a think, good point. I think the thing that I appreciated most about Zoe Kravitz's interpretation is everyone else who's played the character of, of of Catwoman has gone way over the top, and she brought it all the way down and just yes. played it super subdued and yeah. it worked like a charm and, yeah. and I remember thinking I remember reading when people saw that she was cast like oh you know I mean Zoe Kravitz is a good actress you know but she's no cat woman I'm like mm, y'all sleep y'all sleep yeah. I already knew it was gonna this work yeah. act. this girl can act and I guarantee you she's gonna have a completely different She's she can act and she's not stupid <laughs> she right. she knows how to put a different spin on the characters that she yep. plays. Yeah, she, I, I said to myself when I when I saw that she was cast, I was like, you know what? I bet you this is going to be one of the things we ever see. And yeah, I absolutely right. With, with right. And she was great with that. I mean, no, yeah. no, no purring, no cat, <laughs> cat noises, no, no pun, uh, no, no perfect, no perfect. Exactly, no perfect. The only thing <laughs> she, she came close to punning was when, uh, is when Bat says you you got a lot of cats. Yeah, and yeah, she, yeah. Like, I collect strays, and that was and that was meant sure. to be. Yep. The the line connects those two, yeah. But, but mm-hmm. yeah, and even and and going back to to that moment where you say where they separate, you see the chemistry between the two of them, and the fact that even in this short period of time they've developed a a, a kindred care for one another because they see that flaw in in of the. In, in each other like they see that yeah. and as much as as much as you can see and Ryan Pattinson did a good job I think the first actor that really gets 
over the body language of what's going on in Bruce and Batman's head with, through the mask and everything. You, you can see that there was this desire to to uh, uh, maybe a moment where he thought I, maybe I should follow her and go with her and leave this. Not about, mad. Not mad. Just, just a moment. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and that is Batman because he's yeah. always done that with Catwoman. Had just that moment where he mm-hmm. might be like, "Okay, forget the mission. I'm going with my lady." With my lady, and he never and I think, does. And I think, <laughs> and I think in that way, it evokes memories of reading and then watching the animated movie for Hush. Oh, oh yeah, man. That definitely, that definitely softened Bruce a great deal. Softened Bat- Batman slash Bruce Wayne a great deal when it comes to Selena and she actually proposed, if I remember correctly, she actually proposes the idea like, yo, let's just leave oh, this. Oh, you're right. Yeah. I can leave it all behind. <laughs> I can, I yeah. can definitely leave it all behind. And you no, know, Alfred was yeah. support. I think Alfred supported it. Didn't he? Didn't Alfred I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, think, I, yeah, yeah. Hush, I, think so. I think so. I think so. I thought he said, oh, yeah, you're right. And I think at the end in Hush, when, you know, when when she's prepared to let the Riddler die and 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 he's not and he saves him and he tries to save him anyway. Um, just that softened tone, like you just reading it, you could hear the softened tone that he takes with her while she's bugging out. And he's like, yeah, he's like man. Is, yeah. I, I don't know what to tell you. Like, this is just who I am and what I do. Like, I, I'm really sorry. And she like, like, she's like wilding out. Yeah. Yeah, and I like, got a you got a little bit of that in the film. Like they really pulled the yeah. things that they pulled, the nuances that they put. It wasn't just the plots that they pulled from the comic. It was it was the nuances between be, with the relationship between the characters that really, yeah. really, really just just landed like a brick in a good way. And then, uh, and, then, it, and they were thought out, yeah. and I think the you felt it with the uh, him and Gordon. You felt it with him and uh, Catwoman. Mm-hmm. You felt it with even with him and the new uh, mayor. Like for like you know for a hot second in terms of giving people uh, hope and that kind of stuff. And then and the way um, he came to that was even better than we've seen that in the past. Like he literally in the beginning is like um, vengeance. Like <laughs> like I'm I'm beating mugs face to make her blue and purple, but. Yep he understood because of what he went through and because of knowing that he is this walking paradox, he goes to the Palisades and the mansion and, you know, and, and, and shut it, but you know, he's out there in the, in on the streets trying to clean them up. So it's the fact that he comes to understand that he has to be more than just an arm of vengeance is also different than what we've seen in the past consciously of Batman. And I like that he actually loses in the end. Like he doesn't actually win. Like he catches Riddler, but Riddler still wins because the bombs go off. He floods the city. He has to do all this extra work. So it's like, I like that as we're going through this whole movie, I remember one one of my friends commented, he was like, yeah, man, he was like really sloppy. I'm like, oh, it's only year two. He's still figuring this shit out. He's not OP. Doesn't have a, yeah. he doesn't have a plan for everything. And, so and I like that. that's uh that plot was lifted directly from Batman Year One. I haven't read Year One. Yeah, I don't know if I read it. Um, Riddler does that. He he floods yep. the city um in in a similar way, but obviously they compartmented. Riddler wasn't. uh Which one was Riddler revealed to be a, the the serial killer? Or was that? I thought that was a, a storyline where that happens, but anyway, hush. Maybe yeah, it might be, yeah, it might be hush. Yeah. I, might, I think it might have been hush or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah I like that. No, I like from, they did they that. They pull from year one, hush, and, and long, long, long Halloween. Halloween. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, I think they pull from a look because they also hinted at the the Court of Owls, but they never called them by name. Yeah, they definitely hinted that Thomas Wayne was perhaps. Uh, a member, um, like they were hinting heavily at at the Court of Owls. That's yeah, why they, like, they, they, the, they reveal his mob connections in in Court of Owls, don't they? Yes, if I remember yes. Right. it's been a while. Yeah, yeah. That scene, the Court of Owls, is when is remember uh, the the scene that um, Falcone describes where Thomas Wayne patches him up. 
that happens if I'm not mistaken in quarter bows. They show that that back that flashback where Bruce is Bruce is supposed not supposed to be there, but he ends up being in the room. He's a child, obviously. Um, and when his dad leaves, Bruce is there watching Carmine Falcone like heal up or whatever. And then Carmine wakes up and sees him, and then he talks to him and and tells yeah, him, you know. I- I owe your your father everything, and you know he saved my life. You don't have to fear me, and like all that stuff. And um, but I think that was a scene in Quarter of the Owls too. That's why when he started describing, I was like, oh, I remember that. I remember Reed. I remember that because yeah. that was the connection between Bruce and um, and Carmine Falcone. Yeah, and I like that they, you know, again, we didn't have to see how they got killed, Martha and Thomas Wayne, but they also, but we also got to see more backstory of what they were doing before that. Um, yeah. It also hurt too that they were like back in the old days in 1998. I was like, oh, <laughs> 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 damn, it hurts. You just turned 40, I'm 48. It, yo, you, at this hurts. point, I'm used to it. That hurts. But um but yeah, they they I like that like you know, overall it was in the three hour span, they kept the pacement the pacing going well, where like you didn't even if there was a quiet moments, there were quiet moments for a reason and there were beautiful shots to kind of keep you engaged. And then once but then we went to you hit back to action, it made all sense. And I also like that, like, you know, watching the trailer for Batman didn't give away all the good stuff. They gave away oh. some, some some nice oh, pieces. Good. But like, but in general, I was like, because when you first watch it, you're like, damn, this looks like all the good stuff. And then you get there and you're like, there's so much. Not even a and like, yeah, and there was so many little pieces that they kind of messed around <laughs> with. And so, um, they, yeah, they, again, in terms of just a much like Dark Knight, it wasn't just a superhero movie. You know, it, it stuck to being like, this is a detective movie and yeah. with, you know, with a dude in, in a suit. And um, I like that they established that more and like how he's still trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And there was a good moment with um, him and Catwoman. And, you know, he was like calling her out for something about Falcone, blah, 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 being all bragged, like confident about what his assumption was. And he was completely off. And he saw the yeah. moment where Batman was like, oh, shit, oh, got that I'm wrong. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, I messed that one up. Yeah. And and you could tell it meant something to him yeah, to, exactly. to be wrong about her because he was right. at that point they were developing the beyond working relationship feelings toward each other and wanting certain things for it for for that dynamic. Um, but yeah, no, nah, I mean going back to and just kind of like thinking about where they go from here. Um, I hope they continue the the detective route and stay away from the sort of high volume vigilante superhero story. Um, because I would like, you know, they talked up, talked up Arkham and the history for that. My thought is that we're going to see characters like Hugo Strange next, next season, uh, not next oh, season. Yeah. In the next movie, um, if not, because they they're also spinning it off to some kind of whatever, like uh, TV kind of universe too, and all that. Yeah, kind the of Penguin gets his own show. I think. Yeah, they, they wanted they were they were thinking about doing Arkham, but I think they're going to do Penguin instead now. Yeah, but, and if but Arkham, you're right. If they do Arkham, you can definitely expect to see Hugo Strange show up. But he's well, another one that could be in the world and not necessarily be. The because that would make sense because remember Hugo Strange's big thing is that he knows Bruce Wayne's secret. Yeah. And so who do you have in there now? You got Riddler, Hugo Strange working them all with their weird uh evil psycho psychology that he's psychiatry that he does on them because he basically tortures the villains and Mm -hmm. and then um gets the 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 word out of them. And so there you go. And it makes it kind of cool because now if they keep it on a street level, quote unquote, mm-hmm. and, you know, let there's no we don't need to see aliens. We don't need to see anything like that. That's that's Superman and all them's worlds. Yeah. So it's like if they keep it on that street level and, you know, Batman has the best rogues gallery of any character in in uh, out. So there's so many things that they could pull from. So it's like. Yeah. And Reeves kind of said it too. He's like, yo, we just wanted to establish that Joker was there, but we're not saying he's going to be a major yeah. thing. And if, right. if they, and I hope, and if they keep to that, which would be dope, then they mm-hmm. can have way more interesting stories that haven't been told before because there's I so agree. many other characters that he can like rock with. And like, and if they, even if they keep with those two tier, uh, you know, we have a main big bad, a sub big bad, and then, you know, the world's more lived in. So you can kind of see what's going on. Like, even with the, 
the beginning with the Jokers, the, the Jokers gang and stuff like that. Like that was cool to show that. Like, oh yeah, there's a jo- there would be a Jokers gang because this is Gotham. Awesome, you know? He's and he's he's locked up, but he's yep. the Joker. And you know, the Jokers gang were more like cultish anyway. Yes, exactly. Right. Fanboys basically. I would like to take a moment to uh, address some slander about the gentleman who did the score, Michael Giacchino. I have, <laughs> I have slandered that man relentlessly for the last, I don't know how long. Uh, I didn't like his star. I don't like, and didn't like his Star Trek theme uh, uh, score. I don't like his Dr. Strange score. The man put several feet, not even two, not even both feet. He put like mine, yours and a bunch of other people's feet in, in that score. That thing was beautiful. Oh my God. <laughs> I, I don't know what was going on with them other scores that he got that, that, that he got uh, com- that he was commissioned to do, but whoa, whoa, yeah. and whoa. That score drives everything that happens in that movie. Everything. Yeah. Even in the beginning, like when you first hear it and they're going around the city and it's like it's, yeah. it's building and it's building and you know yeah. you're gonna see Batman come out of one of those shadows, which I love that. I love that mm-hmm. like you the the um the, the the criminal is doing something and then he sees the sign, the 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 bat signal, and then he looks over to the shadows and he's like Man, like he can literally be anywhere. I like to yeah, that. And that, that shows how Batman affects the the the, the criminal. So one more thing than. that one of, one of my friends pointed out, who I, who he was more skeptical of the movie. He was more kind of like a meh level. Of, um, yeah. But he he's a Chinese American, and so he actually didn't like the beginning of that aspect of it, where that they're chasing the Asian guy with all the recent stuff that was going on and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, and that he so for him, he was like he was a little uncomfortable with that. Thought almost like it was like a blatant like, "Hey guys, we're protecting the Asian people," kind of a thing. So for him, he was just like, "What are they doing?" Like, and I told him, I was like, "You're, you're I was like, 100 correct." I mean, I like for me as a black dude, I would have been like, "Oh man, it's a black person about to get beat up. Batman saves him, cool." But uh. I, for him, as he was saying, he was like, yeah, he's like, there's pieces in the film overall where they're kind of showing their awareness about certain things. And for him, it felt flat. Where then for me, when I looked at it, I was just like, oh, cool. She's making fun that he's a rich white boy. Oh, the, the you know, Batman saves the Asian kid. Like, I didn't give it that much weight in terms of how I was doing it. Again, I'm yeah, a powerful yeah. person that. But when he did place that out, I went back and thought about it. And I was like, all right, well if that scene plays out the way it is, because I actually like that scene, like we just talked about him coming out, not showing where the shadows are coming, mm-hmm. but who, what representation is a person that they should, uh, would be replaceable. Like, you know, before it'd be the white woman running around and the gang's about to get her and then Batman come to save her. Then they would, you know, the nerdy white, uh, upstanding yep, white man. Banker oh. guy or something like that. Yeah. So I'm, it, it's interesting. Cause I was like, as I was talking to him about it, I was like, yeah, I don't know what you would put there to be correct in terms of what you know because the scene itself is perfect i love that intro scene super dope and so and so probably i would guess somebody that looks just like the attackers i guess i don't know that maybe maybe yeah the middle ground yeah yeah but i think the middle ground because it's a catch-22 either way i don't know if you i don't know if you win that argument i think that one didn't stick out to me as much as the line about rich white boy. And the reason that one, it wasn't bad. I thought it came out naturally. I thought um, the only problem with it is that it wasn't necessary when we had shown, they had shown, um, they had shown that already, even in the moment where, um, when the guy is mistakenly talking to Bruce and then he realizes he, then he finally when he realizes, Oh shit, that's Bruce Wayne. Like that. You're not one of us. You're Bruce Wayne. And at the same time, Bruce is realizing, Holy shit. I'm not one of them. I'm Bruce Wayne. Like, you know, you can see that in, in that exchange and they had, they didn't have to say anything. And so I think that is the reason why nowadays it, what your friend is pointing out, it feels a little low hanging fruit, almost over the top, because if you show those things, people will feel it and they will talk about it as opposed to um, having her say that line. And it's like, yeah, it's already like, you don't, you, and that's better for what we have here. 
Yeah. You know, if he had not said that line, I still would have pulled those themes away from that film. Yep. No, definitely true. And I it, and it was funny because I came out of the film like, man, maybe maybe Batman's not that bad. You know, I talk bad about Batman all the time. I was stunned to hear you say that. You know, I I was like, maybe I was wrong. Maybe there's, I, <laughs> I, you know. It happens. You still I, prefer the Bat Family to Batman. Like, let's totally true, totally true. <laughs> Until I get my Damien film, you know, this I will. The slander oh, shall continue. <laughs> I will, you know what? I I will, if if your slander gets us closer to a Damien film, <laughs> I'm I, I ready for a Damien film. No, nobody's ready. For it. Nobody but me. Yeah. Nobody but my mind is ready. I need, for the, I need, I need all the nihilism that Damien brings to the situation at all times. <laughs> as, as, exactly, and as I said, nobody but my mind is ready for Damien film with that nihilism. Damien referring to to Alfred by his last name. Yep. Oh my, that's my favorite thing. Pennyworth. Like. <laughs> A man that's like basically his his surrogate grandfather. He's yep. like calling him Pennyworth. Yep, yep. I like it. I like Without, it a lot. His, his, his brother Grayson. His his older like basically his sure, his Grayson. older brothers refer to him as Grayson. Come on. And he, talk, and he, he talks to he talks to Tim Drake as a uh, fake Wayne. Fake Wayne. <laughs> Father. Uh, so you know. Good. So good. This that's all I'm waiting for. That's all. That's all I'm waiting for. That would be amazing. The um, world's not ready for all of that, Cam. Nah, I they're not. I'd say my favorite Damien moment probably has come in um, the Justice League Apocalypse Dark with him and Etrigan, oh. and when uh, when he when he's telling Clark like he's like I, I should kill you right now, <laughs> and Etrigan is like. And talk to Superman like that. Talking to Superman like that. <laughs> uh, I should kill you right now. Where you stand? And 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 uh Eshigan's like, oh, I like him. And he, <laughs> and he tells uh he tells I forgot who it is. Oh, he tells Constantine, he's like, if you steal anything out of the temple, he's like, You steal anything, I'll cut your hands off. <laughs> and and, and Eshigan was knocked out. He goes, Oh, I really like him. <laughs> Again, so man. A demon that a demon loves you for that entire movie. He was just pure. Oh, he was he yeah. was blotched the whole yep. time. Yep. And it was so great. Good. That so, was so good. good. Yeah, that's uh nah, interesting was so great. It's probably one of the best parts of that mo- of that film of that uh animated. But nah. that they couldn't do that stuff for the, the live action. I mean, just all <laughs> yeah. the beats of characters, even dark side. Come on, man! When Darkseid is like send some of the magma from Earth, to, from Earth to uh to uh, where is it? What's the, the oh what? to Oa? Oa, yeah. yeah. And right as John Stewart is firing up, and he's just like, I'm like, man, they they nailed everything. They just, you know what it is? Is they have way more fun in the animated, and they they, they, they yeah. like, like they keep it. They keep it comic and they have a level plan. and they enjoy it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, then, and it's uh, still cinematic, which is which is ironic because it's it, in the cinema spectrum, animation is is not treated in the same way that live action is. But l- these animated films are way more cinematic than any of the live action man. stuff that you've been yep. doing, with yep. the exception of a few. Yeah, yeah, totally true. Totally true. And I'm, and I'm in, in, I think that's the thing where it's like. That's why the Batman was like more and more refreshing because I was just like, oh man, this is actually fun. Like detective stuff in there. There's some like a little bit of humor, not too much, but just a little in there. And then try to do too much with the Riddler. Like it wasn't. It wasn't. He was still the main villain even when the with the Falcone stuff and like um, that. Just it, it just Matt. I think Matt Reeves probably did what a lot of. DC filmmakers didn't do, which is watch the other shit and be like, not doing that. Not doing that. <laughs> not uh, let's proofread this script five times before, before we send it to the, the studio. Let's be prepared for the stupid notes that they're going to send back. And then let's make sure that we don't let them finger fuck this movie. And I think that they they try to. They tried to because remember, the, I think the reason it's three hours is because they tried. They wanted him to add more 
high voltage action to it. Yeah, that's right. So that's right. He that's did right. it, but he did it in a way that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're gonna have Batman do a chase scene. Who would he likely be chasing? Oh, probably a fleeing villain. Who's the best fleeing villain you can use in this situation? Is Penguin, because now you got mm-hmm. Colin Farrell doing his thing behind the wheel yeah, and making you laugh, and he's actually like. Giving Batman the business on the road, on the road, and he's like, mm-hmm. "I got you, I got you." And then classic Batman moment. No, you don't. <laughs> yeah, and he that was great, him. man. And I think, and even when uh, the car flips over, and then Batman's walking, but the the camera slipped upside down. Yeah, you could just that was. You know, I love that. Yeah, that you see Pharaoh's like his his reaction to it because he's seen just a slow walk in that kind of situation. And I think in general, like we Reeves had a, a lot of fun with just you know taking what Nolan had already did and then putting his own little spin on it. But based on saying, cause he did, he had, he did a couple of Nolan shots and then he was like, okay, this oh, is the yeah. Nolan shot letting you guys know. All right, now I'm going to do this. Over okay. here. What <laughs> sniper tried to do, but was imminently unable to do. Yeah. Which yeah. Is take what, cause again, you cannot deny that Nolan tapped into something, not just with oh, yeah. Batman, but with the superhero genre and cinema in general. Like he tapped into something that more filmmakers like John Favreau and and others began to build on. Like John Favreau took what Nolan did, but he just said, "Hey, I'm not gonna go that dark with mm-hmm. the story. I'm gonna at least establish a world that's has stakes, but is also fun. And P- and these characters they can grow." And have these issues, but it's not gonna turn their entire world dark where everything yep. is like just always falling apart around yep. them. So that, when you get to that point, it means more. So the the going back to Matt Reeves and the Batman, he understood that, and that's why it was the perfect. Because what Ben Affleck was gonna do, and I was reading about his plans, would have been way worse. Would have been worse. <laughs> and all he was trying to do is pick up where where Schneider left off, which yeah. is showing us uh, 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 if it's if it's Snyder's Batman, Bruce, he probably got raped in prison somewhere. <laughs> But Snyder said that's what he wanted to do. Oh God! So, so, you know, he he who shall not be named. <laughs> <laughs> he walks behind the rose is more like it. Like he's more from chilling to the corn. Like uh, he, you just never want to see him when he's chilling. Uh, credits, it's 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 a bad day. The, the mediocrity, you know, I can't can't get past. You know, it. I think I think. I think Chris Terrio has gotten a bad deal in the superhero and and um, and science fiction genre just in general, but I think it's to the point where I don't think I want to see anything from him again. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Cause, no, because he's a good writer. He's no, a good he, writer, the, the, but the film that he's made outside of the genre, outside of sci- science fiction and superhero genre, and, and the superhero genre are really, really good. But I don't know if it's that that the edicts that he gets, like the mandates that he gets, are just so bad. Yeah, that that he's just made. I don't know that I've seen any films that put his particular spin on narrative on full display or to full use in the genre. I really no. think it's. I, I'd be willing to wager it's the mandate. But if it's not, he needs to stop. No, I, think, I think it's the mandate, but also a realization that the type of writer that he is and what he, how he narrates, is not going to work for a superhero vehicle. I don't feel like that, but so I don't hang on, let me finish. Hang on, because I feel like they've just been all bad films that you know the history of. You know what I mean? Like you know, when you read the story, you know that DC executives or the director. Or some other idiot was just like, no, 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 no. This scene, he should be picking his nose. And he's like, no, and that's, and that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Adding to that, at the same time, again, we've seen Chris Terrio's films that were not a superhero vehicle. The writers like that are not going to try to genre write in within the genre because usually they don't write genres. Like he right. Argo is right. not a genre film. A lot of his stuff is not genre film. They're character driven right. films. Right. And so superhero films by almost by default become plot driven films 
they're dri- they're based on what the the plot calls for because we know who the superheroes are. So I think he probably you're right. It's definitely the mandates because he could have wrote it as just a good writer and made it decent and made it watchable. Yeah. Even, even if he was struggling to kind of keep it in line with the 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 superhero zeitgeist but i think at some point he realized that there's two things working against him a he doesn't like he doesn't genre right and b the studio is going to rip apart the stuff he does anyway so now it's just a check and at that point i'm going to write what they tell me to write i don't care as long i'm going to write so i can get paid and go home and then i think that that was probably his he's not going to look at a, a snyder Batman movie as something the creme de la creme on his on his writing CV. Like he looks at that as okay, this is a straight up chick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So from what I've read, he actually takes it. He's taking it seriously, and he took really serious issue with some of the stuff that got chopped out of the Snyder Cut written. Oh, like he, 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 so it's 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 all them. It's all them. I, I, but I'd be very curious to see what would happen if he was left alone to just do a script and then just do the thing that he writes. You know, minor edits, of course, because they all there's always edits to drafts. But yeah. I'd be very, very, very curious to see what he does left to his own devices. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, he's. I mean, oh, I forgot he did Rise of the Skywalker too. He, yeah. yeah. Oh, now, now, all all mandates, all yes. mandates. When you yes. look at those movies, they were all yes. they were all mandate films. His last, his last five film, four films was Justice League, Rise of Skywalker. No, sorry, He Who Shall Not Be Named, Justice League, Skywalker, <laughs> Justice League, and then Batman versus Superman, and then before that was uh, you know, Argo. Argo. I didn't understand what the, the leap was. I thought it was always about money because Argo to 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 a Schneider driven Batman because his reputation was where it was before that. Because Man of Steel was a fine movie. Okay, some people say that, but it was watchable, but watchable doesn't make it a good movie. And uh, I, I still yep, don't think yep, it's a good movie. Yep, yep. And and it's it's okay, but that doesn't I mean that the movie. Man of Steel is aging really well. I gotta watch it again. Ar- Ar- Argo won an uh, Academy Award for Best Actor. I haven't watched it in a while, but I I didn't think it was a good movie then, so I don't think I'll probably think it's a good movie now. Because I, I thought it was good. I thought it was good. I don't think it was great, but it was good. Hey. I understand. Damn, this dude did. How did he went from Academy? He, you know what he did? He did what black people do when they win an Academy Award, where like they get like they win the Academy Award and then their next film after is something ridiculously stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Well, just all the money. Yeah, yeah. Ridiculously stupid. So I really think that so those movies probably came out in different order, but what I feel like happened was I think he followed Ben Affleck into that world. I don't think that they came out so I don't think the films came out in the order he wrote them and I yeah, think what I happened see that. the first foray into this whole area was following Affleck into the Batman to into the, the DC movies yeah. and that that sort of like that sort of exposed him and sort of opened up so like with uh, Dawn of Justice first and then yeah yeah, yeah, I think that's what happened. Yeah. Willing, I mean, this is just me playing detective here, but I'd be willing to wager that that's exactly the order of operation and exactly that makes sense. Because exactly there's original Donna Justice uh, when they show. Here's something that I will say: the Donna Justice Schneider cut was not that bad. The one, the Batman vs Superman extended cut was not that bad. It had more shit than it needed, but that's just who he is. But it was at least a competent, a competent story. Yes, it was not a three-hour dog pile, um, like like um, like the the Justice League was. BVS the extended cut actually told a better story. So I I'll give. So in that regard, what you're saying about Terrio, it holds 
really well when it comes mm-hmm. to like, okay, maybe they released it out of order. That script was way better. They were doing something much more, much smarter with that script in terms mm-hmm. of setting things up for Justice League or whatever. So yeah, I buy that. I, I think you you definitely got some on that with Terrio. But I mean, he did write Rise of Skywalker. But again, at that point, <laughs> Ryan had had made Disney turn to to okay, we're gonna bring back Abrams, we're gonna yeah. stick to nostalgia, yeah. we gonna and we gonna <laughs> and we gonna you know, you know get this, we gonna get this billion dollars. That's exactly. what we gonna do. <laughs> bring gonna back, do. bring back Palpatine. He was the yep. best villain that they had. Yeah. We are and, going uh, to let him this. laugh and count. <laughs> we are going to get this billion dollars, That's and this exactly billion dollars. And the and the spice will flow. Yeah. <laughs> and, the, and, the, and the precious spice will flow. <laughs> Disney. Hey, you caught me off guard with that. Hey, spice um, is our spice is uh, dollar bills. Yeah, oh, man. Man. It gets uh, you know, we let's get this billion dollar movie. Let's yeah. make it happen. That's all that was. Like, not even mad at this point. I'm like, yo. <laughs> yeah, you just don't care. Like, you just see it. What it is, what it is. Like, you, it's some. It reached some people, and but a lot of people bought, paid to see it, expecting something. Some people got what they wanted. Um, so, got- so Force Awakens made two bill. Last Jedi made one point three bill, and then uh, Rise of Skywalker just made like a bill, building it some change. Yeah, at that point the jig was up. The secret yeah. was out. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, uh, one trick pony had given had already moved toward the third. So yep. you know it's well, it, it, it is an example of a franchise with no plan. Yep. 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 Hundred percent. Yikes! Animated movies like the last what six were part of some were part of the larger plan to land at a pot uh uh um the at the last one yeah that was basically the end of the uh, the end of flashpoint which was what like seven years ago oh yeah that's right it's a good point yikes man did they make in that time yeah no you're right they made a lot but it, all right, oh yeah, they made they made like ten or fourteen. Yeah, they they made quite a few uh, of those movies, uh, building up to then Flashpoint, and then after that, they built they made a few, several that built up to Justice League: Dark Apocalypse. Yeah. So so now so bringing it back bringing it back to live action, you know, uh, you know they have their trailer now for DC of like, hey, this is what's coming up next and all that kind of stuff, <laughs> and uh, it you know. Flash, I literally don't care about it. 2022, I mean, 2023. I mean, no, yeah, no, 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 exactly, exactly. I mean, it's coming sometime at some point, y'all know. We, yeah. We're just showing you, we exactly. want you to stay excited, exactly. If I was, and if you like this one, the other ones might be good. If I, if I was the person that cut that trailer, I would have been like, We just take out the take out the dates, guys. Just say this is what's coming up, just say it's coming, <laughs> it's coming. Um, but yeah, you had uh, yeah, Flash, you had Black Adam, you had. Uh-huh. Um, that looked good though. I'm not gonna lie. Black yeah, Adam, I, yeah, you know, solid. It, it's Definitely I does. think Black Adam is more what I hope it is, is it helps establish the other characters around in the DC universe that aren't the big yes. three. And if that if it does not if that if it does just that, 100 percent worth it. Because I think that's the just, they've been needing to get away out of that out of that shadow of the big three, and they, just, they need they need to do something. And like this is a good way to just do a big splash. You got Doctor Fate, you got Hawkman, you got all those people just throwing in there. Like, okay, cool, dope. Now you can start to do what Marvel does well is introduce characters in the background that might have something later on like that. So if they can do it well, like the, the blueprints are already there. So if they could do it, then that it, it will help immensely. Flashpoint will be the one where they can, you know, or Flash, they can use that to reboot the universe or whatever they want to do with that. I, I, I have no expectations for Flash at all. <laughs> I'll even, like, it's just, I don't know. I just don't Barry's know. Barry's fault, man. Barry's yeah. fault, man. Hashtag Barry's fault. <laughs> I am heartened that they're doing reshoots for Black Adam. And from the things that I've read, it seems like The Rock is the one who's pushing the reshoots. Mm. And dude doesn't really do bad movie. Well, that's not true. He's done a few. Like 
for sure. He got he got he got yeah he got some pay rent movies in there. He got some stickers yeah. in there, but but yep. he's very he's very he's a very smart dude. He's yeah, a, he's a businessman as well, so, very creative. So I, if he's calling for the reshoots, means a he saw something whack yeah. that he probably wants to that he believes can be fixed without having to go through the ringer. But yeah, I can see that. I mean, I think, it's like that's the case with DC. I think that. I think he takes the that I think he takes um doing it seriously like super yeah. seriously like yeah. he's you know, oh, I, I think aside from the this side of things where he sees this as a, a potential vehicle for himself like all right if I'm gonna do a tent pole it's gonna be done right yeah, yeah and yeah. and you can I say mean, what you want about his other film about some of his other films but when he does the tent pole it's usually big yeah yeah, yeah. I, and I think I think that's why I think. You know, he is taking that part of it seriously, and also the yeah. ethnic aspect of it, and like all its little nuances and stuff like that. So yeah. that's why I have more expectations for Black Adam. Like Flash, at this point, I'm just kind of like, eh. And then um, Aquaman is just like Aquaman's cotton candy, super fun. Just enjoy it, you know. <laughs> you know, you know. So I think if if they you know keep it in that vein that they were trying to do and let. Like I just hope that, that Batman gets to stay in his own little world, and they like you don't have to see. I don't need to see Superman and Batman again ever again. Well, they they said that uh, apparently they be in the studio that Batman this the bat the detective Batman exists in his own thing. Yeah, like, he, he doesn't exist as part of the DC. Yeah. And they should they should keep that and enjoy the lives. But yeah. I would be fine with I would be fine with in, introducing other characters, but. The one caveat would be they have to melt into his world. He can't be melting like yeah. they can't make him suddenly become uh, a working functioning character in Wonder Woman's world because then he's different. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. You know, no, makes, sense. makes sense. Her her whole tone, her whole everything is not the same as his. Yeah, and so unless, <laughs> unless you're gonna do Wonder Woman where like she's murking dudes like Wonder Woman, <laughs> no. Yeah, where exactly. you know, she's the, the the wild Amazon that's just like yep. Merkin who's left, right, front, and center, mm-hmm. and you know the 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 Wonder Woman who had the line in the comic where like, yeah, my 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 my, I don't have a rogues gallery. When yeah. I deal with them, right. like, when I deal with them, I deal with I, them. I, I end my enemies. Yeah, yep. she's like my enemies don't make it don't make it past me. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like they don't make it past me. That I think that Wonder Woman could exist in that Batman world. Yes. very easily. Yeah. But then, the other thing is you could build that you could build that by having that Wonder Woman and that Batman be who they are and then doubling down on Superman as the fucking voice. And, yes. and that and that works. Right. And yeah. that and I, works. And I like that even with um when Catwoman was leaving, she was like, Oh, I'm gonna go to Bloodhaven. And it's like, okay, cool. So again, um, everybody, again, if you want, you know, you know, if you know, you exactly. know. Yep. Right. So, as soon as she said Bloodhaven, I was like, I had to whisper to my nephew, I was like, that's where Nightwing lives. <laughs> <laughs> and so I again goes back to uh this this phrase I keep hearing one line of dialogue. <laughs> hey, I don't know who said it, but they, they that those people should be paid a lot of money. I think they should. One one line of dialogue established a whole new world. (laughs) So, um, yeah, man. I I, again, I was pleasantly surprised with the Batman. I'm glad it's doing what it's doing, and and it was much needed for a breath of fresh air on the DC side because they've been slacking. Um, We, but. Uh yeah, now like I said, I, I can't say I'm excited, but I'm like no, I'm like oh okay, this may be yeah, I'm interested, I'm interested. Yeah. You know? and I think that was the good. That was the thing is like it didn't leave you pumped or excited in the same way that Batman Begins ends with him finding the Joker card and jumping off the building or saying the line that you'll never have to thank me. It didn't yep. end that way, but it ended with you being interested in where this story and this world is going. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. and, and where it ultimately will land. And I think that, like you said, that they didn't give too much of Batman already perfect at everything with his detective life and how he manages everything. So there's room to grow. And they left that door open so that the next time we see Bruce Wayne, he probably will be trying to be the billionaire playboy so that he's more deceptive and people not identifying him as the psychopath running around beating up criminals. Yep. So, so they left they left out, they left that. And that's what another thing that I think did, he, Matt Reeves and the writers did really well is they left room for the world to expand and grow. Yep, exactly. And I think that's the part that that's a good the best part about the whole movie. And I think that's where we're gonna leave it there. That was good. Good job, fellas. I enjoyed this one a lot. <laughs> even, even talk about my least favorite character in all comic books. <laughs> yeah, and you and you you did good. You almost you almost made it. Yep. You almost made it. You were just right there, yep. and then yep. you hit it with the Bruce with that eight and so right at the end. Right at the end. Um. But yeah, thank once again, thanks everybody. This is the Bliss is Blurred Lines, and we are out. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>